if we're to avoid the trade-off between having boundaries and going home on time and the practice is struggling, then the thing that has to improve is efficiency. Welcome to the Veterinary Leadership Success Podcast, the show for veterinary practice owners and managers who are eager to become the leaders their teams deserve. I'm your host, veterinarian and leadership expert, Dr. Dave Nicholl, and each week I'll be diving into important topics from the world of veterinary team leadership. In these short, sharp and punchy episodes, I'll share my insights, experiences and practical tips to help you navigate the challenges of leadership in the veterinary profession. Whether it's head in the clouds vision casting or in the trenches leading for performance, we will cover it all. As an owner myself, I understand the unique dynamics and demands of running a successful veterinary practice. And I'm passionate about empowering you to create a workplace where people and pets can thrive. So if you're ready for your weekly leadership fix, let's dive in to this week's show. Setting boundaries while still saying yes. Wouldn't that be a cool thing to accomplish? Well, that is what we're talking about on today's episode of the Veterinary Leadership Success Show. So here's the premise. Boundaries are all the rage. There's an awful lot of people who are feeling very broken, disillusioned, disenfranchised with veterinary medicine because it takes over our lives. It does. And what happens is it feels like an abusive partner. It takes over our lives. It doesn't give us very much back. And we break. Okay, so boundaries have become very, very much part of the narrative of maintaining our mental well-being. But there's a problem because boundary setting taken too far means we've not got enough people to do the work. You know, there's simply too much work to do. I'm not just talking about clinical work here, by the way, because this is a leadership podcast. I'm talking about the work of leaders. And particularly if you're an owner, or a practice manager, we are exhibit A for the the type of people who just keep shouldering more and more and more responsibility until we break, break down or quit, or we get into a point of learned helplessness and we just keep going. None of these things are good. Stuff suffers, our families suffer, our health and well-being suffer. Is it worth it? What if there's a way that we could do things a bit differently? What if we could set boundaries so we could go home, see our families, spend time with our friends, not work at the sort of pace where we're likely to be making mistakes or not our creative best? What if we could do that while still saying yes to the things that came our way? Okay, let's talk about that. So the solution here is efficiency. If we're to avoid the trade-off between having boundaries and going home on time and the practice is struggling, then the thing that has to improve is efficiency. Whether that's the efficiency with which our teams perform dentals or surgeries or get through their workload so we can do more with less time, or whether that's the way that we just work as individuals to get more of the things we have to get done more efficiently as leaders, it's the same thing really. So here's my thoughts. I think there are five options if we wish to be able to set boundaries while still accomplishing the things that we want to accomplish each day. And these may be incomplete, but they're where my thoughts are at currently. So option one is that you simply have to lower your expectations or set 
different expectations. Okay, if you're unwilling to set boundaries, then you're going to have to be setting boundaries at home on you know what everyone's expectation has to be of your availability to your personal life away from your work life. But the flip side of that is if you are going to set boundaries, then you're going to have to lower your expectations of what you're going to be able to accomplish in your performance. If nothing else changes, if you've less time and energy going into something, then that thing's going to suffer. And you've got a choice. If you're not willing to do anything differently, then the thing you focus on will grow. You know, if you focus on your family life, it will grow. Focus on your friends, those relationships will grow. Focus on your business, it will grow. But if you're just trading time without doing anything else differently, you're going to have to lower your expectations. So that's option one. I don't think this is a good option. Okay, option two, delegate. Sounds easy. I'm not going to explain to you what delegation is. You know, it's been explained a million times. The problem isn't that we don't know about delegation. The problem is that we are control freaks. And I had a call with one of my clients this week, and that's exactly the problem. You know, seasoned practice owners who, when asked why they do things a certain way, claim that nobody else could possibly do that thing or have every excuse under the book as to why they have to do it. And I'll call that out right now as utter tripe. It's a symptom of epic control freakery. There is almost nothing that cannot be delegated, or certainly there are things that absolutely should be delegated. So if you're sitting up crunching the numbers for your accounts and you stubbornly refuse to let anybody else do that, you either don't understand the time trade available for $10 an hour work traded for dollars $10,000 an hour work because data entry is a $10 an hour task, or you don't trust people or don't believe they're going to do your books the way that you want them done, right? That's just poor delegation. That is control freakery. If you are the person who wants to do all of the clinical work to the expense of your leadership work, you know, that's control freakery. You know, that's a failure to recognize also that your greatest priority as a leader is to your people, not to your animals. So let it go. Okay. So you got to take a good hard look at yourself. And one of the best things you can do is actually look at your list of things that you do in every day and attach a dollar value to that thing if you were to pay somebody else to do it. Everything on your list as a senior leader should be highly valuable work. There is almost no excuse for you doing $10 an hour tasks unless it's to train somebody else to do that task or to occasionally demonstrate that you are willing to do that task. Good example being picking up a poop in a kennel as you walk past it so that the poor nursing assistant doesn't have to do it 10 minutes later when the pet has trampled that poop all around the cage and now it takes an hour of their time to clean the kennel, clean the dog, and that was avoidable. That's a good trade. Okay, but that's not the thing you should be doing all of the time. Delegate and stop being a control freak is option two. Now, are people the major pain point in your practice? If so, you're not alone. Over 90% of managers report staff problems to be their number one issue. At the root of this problem are usually three dysfunctions. A poorly articulated vision, toxic culture, or some form of leadership breakdown. 
If this sounds familiar, then do not despair, help is at hand. I encourage you to check out Leaders, a veterinary-specific leadership training program where you will learn how to create and execute on a shared vision, how to hire well, and build a powerful, high-performance practice culture without all the drama. The class is accredited, delivered online, and open for applications now. To learn more, listen to a free training webinar, or apply, visit drdavenickel.com forward slash leaders. Now back to the show. Third option, and by the way, these options, you can layer them on top of each other. They're not mutually exclusive, but use automation. What are the simple tasks that keep coming up in your day again and again and again and again, or your week or your month? Okay, rejection emails from recruitment candidates who you don't want to hire. New applications from clients who want to register with the practice. Templates for your clinical records. Templates for billing. Automations on reminder systems for client reminders. Software, there's so many softwares can help you with automation, whether that's redirects on certain messages so you just never see them, i.e. email inbox uh, software that sorts your email inbox out for you, autoresponders in your email, templates in your email, like Gmail is super easy to set up, as is Outlook with a template that if you look at the sort of 10 or 20 most common sent emails that you can just have a template that you can open up, click send, away it goes, and you save small amounts every day, but those small amounts add up. They add up through a day, could save you half hour a day. If you do that and add that up over a year, that's a heck of a lot of time. And then there's more advanced softwares like Infusionsoft or Keep that you can set up systems, particularly for HR and client management systems that free up not just your time, other people's time as well. The next one, an area I think is really cool at the minute, is using AI, particularly something like ChatGPT. Guys, this thing is life-changing, right? Great example of, you know, marketing particularly. It takes hours to write a decent blog. And I'm not saying that you should stop writing completely. You know, I love writing. And I will always write my own books and I will always write blogs for my own website. But when I'm writing boilerplate copy for SEO to attract clients on my practice blogs, am I going to use ChatGPT? You're damn right I am because that would have taken somebody on the team two or three hours and ChatGPT is going to do it with the right guidance in two or three minutes. And it's going to do it with much better grammar without spelling errors. That to me is a no brainer. And it's not just there you can use it. You know, there are several formal or more official documents that you can use to create that. Standards of care. Okay, here's a crazy one. Did you know, have you tried using ChatGPT to write a standard of care, including references? It can do it. And this is one of the things that gets in the way of teams completely. When you don't have documented standards of care, then the team make up the way they're going to do things. Again, they'll still do things in a reasonably good to a good standard because we're trained well, but not necessarily a consistent standard that is easy to train when they join your organization. And so you end up with adherence issues, inconsistent messaging with clients, perhaps client compliance issues, 
And I can tell you what, if you try and get three, four, five, the greater the number of vets, you try and get agreement on a standard of care or even get them to a meeting on talking about standards of care, the harder it gets and it gets exponentially harder the more vets you put onto that list. AI, you could literally set aside an hour of your time, go through the 10 to 15 ways an animal might present and ask ChatGPT to write you up a standard of care. And I'll tell you what, it might not be perfect, but it'll be 80 or 90% of the way to a really high quality approach to diagnostics, which frankly, you can edit the remaining 10 or 20%, whatever feels appropriate for you. Use AI to do so much of the heavy lifting in your day. And it means you're not a bottleneck for a lot of other things. It really is incredible. And then finally, the last option I've got is more of a marketing tip, but you know, don't forget to reuse content. Like right now I'm recording you a podcast. That podcast is going to be about 10, 15 minutes long tops. The audio content is very easy. That will go into an editing production. What we can do next, we could get that transcribed for a dollar a minute on a service like Rev. And we could upload that transcription onto ChatGPT and ask it to write a blog on the subject. And it would write that blog in about 30 seconds flat. We could ask it to make derivative quotes from that blog for our social media channels. And you could honestly do something that used to take me a day of my life to create content. Podcast is the original bit. The podcast, what you're hearing now is the bit that takes the time to think about and do the architecture for. Everything after that can pretty much be done in an hour or two. It's four or five times faster than what it used to be. So again, using AI tools, but then applying the principle here is working smarter. And that's using content to create derivative works. A pillar piece of content can create a week a month's worth of content for your marketing channels, just like that. So there you go, guys. There's five things that you might like to think about when it comes to setting boundaries while staying yes. Some of them positive, some of them tech-driven, some of them just a straight-up kick up the bum to stop being such a control freak. Let me know your thoughts. Was that a useful little ditty to listen to? Are you a control freak and how are you going to let go? Have you been using AI, generative AI in some way to improve your efficiency? Or do you have some other efficiency ideas you'd like to share? I'd love to hear them. Get in touch with me on at Dr. Dave Nickel on Instagram, uh, Dave at Vetex International on the email. Very easy to find on the internet. I'd love to hear your comments and feedback on this episode. Till next time on the Veterinary Leadership Success Show, be safe, be well, and be happy. So that wraps up today's episode of the Veterinary Leadership Success Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would be most appreciated if you would leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends in veterinary medicine all about us. Until next time, from all of us here, be safe, be well, and be happy. Be happy.